It's yeah. a process and a progression. And again, it goes back to some of the things we've talked about. It's really sitting down on what is the overall objective and goals of the company, the owner, and how do you try to structure it to, to be, as I'd like to say, an effective and efficient plan for everybody involved. From Rain Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. Around 10,000 people each reach retirement age every day. Unfortunately, not all of them will be able to retire, a trend that promises to continue for the foreseeable future. We continue to hear that the reason older Americans are postponing their retirement is because they, frankly, don't have the financial stability necessary to sustain their current lifestyle. Today, businesses are being asked to help close the gap, not only by taking on older workers, but by helping the younger population proactively save for their retirement today. Steve Frank, a wealth management advisor with Investment Partners, and Angie Isaacson, senior plan consultant with Ray & Associates, are here to talk about how businesses can help their employees overcome the American retirement crisis. Steve is one of the financial advisors with Investment Partners. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor, Investment Partners Limited is a registered investment advisor. Additional advisory services offered by Investment Partners Limited are separate and unrelated to Commonwealth. Fixed insurance products and services offered through Investment Partners Limited or CES Insurance Agency. Welcome, Steve and Angie. Thank Hi. you. Yeah, hello. How are you? Good, good. Great to have you here. Great to have you here as we approach year end and actually the end of the decade. Uh, it's hard to believe, but here we are, right? So talk to me a little bit about retirement plans and, and plan design and what you see out there in, in the industry today? What, what's missing? Oh, what's missing? That, that's a different perspective than how do you make it more efficient sometimes too. Yeah. Uh, what's missing is, uh, and I think the government's trying to help with it, is giving it, giving it access to everybody as much as possible. Sure. Um, but with the companies that do have it is how do you make it more efficient so it's beneficial for both the company and the employees if possible okay. to allow them that opportunity to, to have a retirement vision um, for them. Do so, you see that tilted one way or the other right now? In other words, are employees just not as aware of as they should be of, of the benefits available to them? I would say over the last five to 10 years, I've seen more attention to the retirement plan by participants. Okay. A big part of what our practice is all about is helping uh, corporate retirement plans. So we do a lot of individual education mm -hmm. and we've just seen the attention from companies to want to get their uh, employees engaged, involved, has been on the upturn, which good. has been very helpful. Yeah, good. Um, it's, it's also interesting. We'll talk a little bit more about it later, I'm sure. But I have uh, my oldest daughter just started into the workplace and she's working for a millennial company. And okay. it's great that they have a retirement plan. The only negative that I have is they don't have a person like me assisting them. <laughs> um, and she's very thankful to have a father like me to help tell her what to do. Um, but that's where I'd see the, the attention's going to the younger generation that okay. they are starting to pay a little bit more attention. 
So, yeah. so it's more like, okay, here's here's the plan, but nobody really says, well, here's you know, kind of the the, the benefits. Here's some things to think about. You know, well, I think those. Angie could support that. I think there's a lot of uncertainty of what's all involved with a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. A lot with the fiduciary conversation that's out there. Companies are very apprehensive sometimes. They don't want to put themselves in a a bad situation. Uh, so it's one of how do you try to convey something to all demographics, sure. to the whole workforce to say how it can be effective for the whole plan. And Angie, yeah. that so as a third party administrator, what what then? How do you see that benefiting companies? I mean, what what gets brought to the table from that regard? Well, I think it's a really good idea for companies to have a third party administrator involved. Going back to a little bit of what Steve said, because they cannot do everything on their own and that they need us to be involved as the experts. So a human resource department, especially in a smaller firm, they have so many hats that they're wearing. So they need us involved just, just to help them on the legal side of things, to help them get connected with people like Steve Steve on the fiduciary to help them on the fiduciary side to help alleviate some of the pressure they have there, help them just know what to do, give them direction and and help them have more ease. So so beyond the compliance part of it, there's there's obviously the comfort part. So that is that, you know, in essence, you're trying to bring that that sense of of comfort to to the table, right? Sure, sure. And to make it more efficient for them and yeah, help them walk through it so they know who to call and and how we can help them do what what needs to happen. Yes. Right. Because I, I mean I know in, in our typical client base, the the companies that that I deal with and that we run into, you're talking, you know, anywhere from maybe 25 to you know 150, maybe 200 employees. And they they might have an HR person if we're lucky, but again, they're not. Their their expertise certainly isn't retirement plans. It's sort of like, yeah, we have this benefit plan, and they know enough to be dangerous and kind of give it to the employee, and that's where it ends. Right, and so they need us to be involved so that you know the IRS is constantly changing their rules and regulations, and they need us to be involved to help guide them and say, hey, this is what's coming down the pipeline. This is what you need to do right now. This is what you can worry about later. So yeah, they need us to to help guide them. And there's obviously benefits to getting more of the employee base involved, right? And so how do we how do we go about that process in terms of helping them increase participation, increase education and knowledge among their 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 workforce? What tools do we use there? Well, I would say, and I'll go back to the one comment you made, we need to get everybody involved. Yeah. I think everybody, one of the, the key elements that I share with people is everybody in today's environment, pensions that were typical from years gone by are not as prevalent anymore. And sure. if anything, they're going further, further away. And when you look at it for the companies, I make a statement where the only one that's going to take care of your own retirement is yourself. Right. And working as a, a personal wealth manager, we, we have that opportunity when we sit down with an individual or a family just to sit there and say, Social Security is my only retirement plan is not the most apprehensive or appropriate, apprehensive bad word, but appropriate uh, opportunity for them. Sure. There's more than just the Social Security. So you got to take advantage of what's out there. And then when a company offers a retirement plan, if it's a 401k, a simple SEP or whatever it may be, 
then the employees in is how do I try to maximize that? Right. We're going back to the second part of your question is something where I would say Angie and I both spend a lot of time working with clients is plan design. Okay. How do you start bringing in certain features, benefits, or programs to help alleviate some fears for the company and the employees, yeah. how to make things more efficient and systematized for them? One thing that the human element and human nature is, is procrastination. Sure. And if you could help kind of overcome some of that and some uncertainties of the foreign language we speak called right. investments and retirement plans, and that's utilizing some auto features that uh, are available to okay. the plans, which can help provide some fiduciary oversight and protection for them. That's where I would say we spend a lot of time trying to work with the companies to make things uh, appropriate for all so that the okay. average employee can have a, a an opportunity to to eventually have the the golden dream of retirement. Yeah, so you can create the the tools and and get them there. Uh, it's just a matter of education and forming and and staying on that path. So talk to me maybe a little bit about some of the different retirement plan structures that you see for those typical closely held businesses of employees in that range. You know, if you go from Obviously, a traditional 401k, we now see more uh, Roth 401k type plans becoming more prevalent, IRA, other other things. What Talk to us at a high level about some of those. Okay. Well, yeah, like you said, we have the traditional 401k, but more popular these days, especially in the smaller companies, is the safe harbor 401k mm-hmm. with, um, with the Roth feature, like you said. There's really no s- complete solo... Roth 401k plan you mm-hmm. have in those plans, whether you can do a Roth deferral or which is an after-tax deferral. I say for those that don't know, which explain is, yeah, yeah, the which difference is an after-tax there. deferral, okay. which means that the money comes out of your paycheck after-tax versus pre-tax. And then down the road, when you take a distribution, at least five years from the first time you put in a contribution, um, you can take that money out without paying any taxes on it, including the earnings that you accrue. So we're seeing a lot of plans obviously add that. A lot of younger millennials or younger than that, even they're wanting that as an option. They understand that that is a benefit for them. So that is a plan design option as well as, and like I said, safe harbor plans are very popular and are smaller are smaller employers and it allows the owners to contribute the most that they possibly can while okay. giving a benefit to the employees as well. So it's kind of a win-win. What are some of the base requirements for a safe harbor plan? If I'm a, you know, a company that's got 40 employees, say. The base, well, it depends on what safe harbor plan you go with because okay. there's more than one <laughs> variety. We have a variety where there's an automatic enrollment feature, which Steve and I are very big fans oh, yeah. of, where you enroll somebody automatically in the plan, say, at like 3%, and then you auto-escalate them 1% a year. Okay. In the safe harbor plans, you, you can tap that out at 6%, but I would say Steve and I would probably agree that that's not nearly enough, that you should probably not cap out to at least 10% okay. of pay. So if you go with the auto enrollment and you can do a safe harbor plan where you are matching on that, 
but you only have to match up to like three and a half percent of somebody's okay. pay. We're in a traditional safe harbor match plan. You're matching up to four percent of somebody's pay. Okay. Or there, and there's also a safe harbor plan where it's uh, basically a profit sharing only, where you do not have to be contributing yourself as an employee okay. to receive it from the company. It's discretionary it's on the discretionary based on the company. Well, it's not discretionary. The safe harbor contribution is required. Is required. The three percent is required. But the profit but sharing piece is the profit sharing piece then would be discretionary. discretionary. And okay. then the employee would not have to be contributing anything out of their paycheck to okay. receive that three percent required safe harbor amount. Great. So, um, and, there's, and, and again, what's the benefit for the employer in the safe harbor plan? Um, in the employer, then a lot of the IRS required testing is kind of automatically passed, so okay. to say. So they can they can contribute up to the maximum amount that the IRS allows each year. Great. So that is the benefit. And those are fairly cost effective to to put in place for you know, small mid-market companies, I take it. Yes, they're very, yes, they are. And um, we work with different platform providers, Steve and I do, to get them the best cost-effective plan possible based on whether they're a startup plan or whether they're a plan that's been in existence for quite a while. Do you see more folks that companies that have gone along just without any type of plan, just, you know, they've grown as entrepreneurs, or do you see more that maybe they've they've got something in place, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense, or that it's not efficient, and they're not taking advantage of what they should? What, what do you see out there? Well, why I laugh, because for my clients, no, because they're clients in my well, service, the retirement plan. I, I get it. But when I look at uh, our personal wealth management clients, uh, it's a full range of uh, demographics and, and uh, jobs that people have. Okay. And we do run into some where probably more on the minority side, the majority, that companies do not offer some type of retirement plan. Mm-hmm. So it is nice to see that. But I do know, especially on the smaller market, uh, there's a lot of companies that just can't afford to do the type of retirement plan that would be probably most appropriate. Mm-hmm. As Angie made comment, I think the safe harbor type of programs are probably best for all because it does provide some incentive for the company to allow the owners in, uh, we call them highly compensated employees, to be able to defer as much as they can. But at the the lower end of things, it allows people to put monies in and they're what's known as 100% vested yeah. uh, with whatever company contribution. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. So we like that. But there's a administrative cost. There's other expenses that are incorporated with it. So there are other types of retirement plans that are out there. You were asking the question yeah, before. What else, like, what else do you see? For the smaller companies, there's a program called Simple IRAs. Mm-hmm. There is no administrative expense okay. technically with it. But there is that safe harbor provision where there is an uh, automatic company contribution, a matching type of contribution or non-discretionary, uh, which means that they do have to put a contribution in for them. Uh, and there's the immediate vesting on it. Uh, but there's also the government is, uh, in their infinite wisdom, uh, put limitations on some of those that you mm-hmm. can't put as much away as a traditional 401k. So it really comes down to what is the objective of the company. Gotcha. Um, and sometimes the owner, what are they trying to accomplish? Sure. Are they looking for something just for them specifically, or are they looking for the well-being of the whole organization? So that's where plan design really comes into play. So it's it's sitting down with the owner up front and determining their goals in essence, because as you said, they they can all be different in that in that regard, right? So yes, yes. And I see that go back to the last question is I see that a lot of owners are 
looking at the well-being of their employees. Yeah, what can we, what can we do to help them achieve uh, retirement down the road? Because the irony to it is the owner has the same objective typically. Right. Well, and if if they're doing something for them, I would think employee retention and all those things, you know, play into it as well. And we we certainly in today's uh, labor environment, that's paramount to try to keep your good folks, uh, you know, on board and and all of that. So uh, that's 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 great. Now I I have a, a kind of a, a different question. You see some of these hybrid plans are seeing certainly more ESOPs done with with closely held businesses as well. I've seen uh, a KSOP where the four hundred one k is combined with the ESOP. Are those uh, what any advantages there, or should you really stick to having those plans separate in in uh, some sense? In other words, if there's an ESOP in place. Have that, but also maintain your your four hundred one k separately. What what are your thoughts there? I I don't necessarily think there's there's a benefit for keeping them separate. Okay. I think it's it's a good idea to combine a four hundred one k and an ESOP okay. together as a KSOP. Yes. Okay. But we're we're certainly certainly seeing more of that kind of wealth transfer among that that generation as they they look to exit their businesses or at least have some type of liquidity event with their business. So are there ways that, that you can help kind of structure things along those lines to, to help their their goals along those lines as well as take care of the employees? Is that what what kind of solutions come to mind there other than an ESOP or is that really, really it there? Well, I mean, you could come up with like non-qualified plans okay. for um, certain companies. It depends on those plans. They're not... They have risks involved, okay. meaning you do not have the protection against, like, uh, uh, if they would go into bankruptcy or something. Mm. They have the debtors can come and access a non qualifying plan. But definitely, if the, somebody has extended their options within a qualified plan environment, they can go a non qualified route. And a lot of, lot of non qualified plans, they are set up to keep their higher paid people, their management type people, okay. where they put in a benefit to them that can be discriminatory. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, because, because it's not a qualified okay. plan. Um, so that's an option for some companies. Okay. We also go, if you want to go back to the qualified plan route, we also institute cash balance plans. Oh, okay. They're pretty popular for doctor practices or lawyer practices or smaller companies that are very profitable. Gotcha. So cash balance plans are definitely a good option for when an employer has reached their maximum capacity within a 401k plan and still have a need to put more money away. See, this is where a business needs somebody like you, right? To sit down and talk about these different choices and say, you know, here, here are the, the, the benefits and cost of of each of these, and it depends on your your goals as an owner, and Correct. give them some different things to evaluate rather than just here's the traditional and that's it. Correct, right? Yeah, yeah there are options out there. It that's just great. depends. A lot of times, especially a lot of times, we have to start small right. and get them to a simple IRA and then to a four hundred one k plan, and then grow up into a cash balance plan right. <laughs> and then you have to start small and, and, it's process, and grow. Right? It's yeah. a process in the progression. 
Yeah. And again, it goes back to some of the things we've talked about. It's really sitting down on what is the overall objective and goals of the company, the owner, and how do you try to structure it to, to be, as I'd like to say, an effective and efficient plan for everybody involved. So, Steve, from a, a fiduciary responsibility perspective, where, where are some of the shortcomings that, that you see out there with, with businesses typically? Again, not your clients. But. I, <laughs> and, and great point. I think where the definition of fiduciary is having the best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of times it does come into play is who is truly helping the, the plan design the best possible plan for the, the employees, the, the company, and everybody involved. And some of the issues that are there is there's just some people don't have a skill set or a knowledge as we're talking about the different types of plans sure. and different structures, some of the uniquenesses to the highly compensated, the non-highly compensated. And some people just, they're just not educated enough to be able to do so. So they could act as a fiduciary in some capacities of investment management or something. But when you really look at it, it's how do you look at the full picture of the plan itself? Okay. And it, in today's environment, it is nothing but a fee-driven discussion majority of the time. So you're, you're trying to get the most cost-efficient plan, uh, but you also want to have some flexibility to the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by flexibility, and I'll focus a little bit on the investment side, is everybody thinks just go to the index funds or go to Vanguard because of the cheapest ones right. out there. Well, the irony to it is there's a there's another investment firm out there that has a lower S&P 500 index fund than Vanguard. Wow. So if you're not finding that and keeping on top of it, you could be not doing the best. Right. But it's also one you got to look at the size of plan. As Angie made reference, there's a lot of things different you could do for a startup plan than you can do for an established mature plan that has a certain amount of assets. They're a new new startup plan. Some companies and institutions don't cater to that marketplace. Mm -hmm. So you got to be very conscientious of that. So it's truly just acting in the best interest of your clients in every capacity you can from the plan design structure, process procedures, as well as fees and expenses. And I mean, if, as you just talk about those issues, I can't imagine a company wanting to, you know, take all that on on their own. Good uh, luck. I mean, there, there's just no way. How could you possibly keep up with that and be an expert? It's just, you know, it's like we say in our business, whether comes to tax or financial reporting issues. I mean, that's where I'd want to bring in an expert like you and say, help me, you know, this is your world. Right? It's one of the reasons I got out of the employee benefit side. I did not want to keep up with the health insurance environment. That's its own animal oh, in itself. Absolutely. And I like the corporate retirement plan side of the equation. It's 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 a nice match. So what what changes do you see coming uh if at all? I mean, if you're if you're a, a sage uh you know, outlook here going forward, anything that, that we should be aware of or that business owners should be aware of with regard to their plans? I think Angie could speak a little bit more on it as well, but I think one of the biggest things out there is what's been going in in Congress. There's a, a new law coming down called SECURE that is talking about mm-hmm. the uh, a greater potential of what's known as a multiple employer plan, mm-hmm. uh, an MEP type of program, which could have some great effects for those smaller companies that okay. can't or don't and can't do it or don't afford it Mm -hmm. uh, to set up a plan of trying to get a group of companies together. So I think that's one of the bigger things that is out there that could be really a game changer in our industry in some capacity. Right. That's what I was going to pipe in and say. That's the biggest thing out there in industry right now is the the MAPS, the multiple employer plans. What would that look like, at least in the initial proposal stage, what's being talked about there? You don't have enough time. (laughs) (laughs) Too, Too soon to tell. It is too soon to tell, but... I've learned with the government. I mean, anything that, until it's passed, 
Yeah. You can make all the speculation you want. It's nice that it's being discussed and, and the House definitely uh, approved a measure. It just depends what does get finalized. I think there's some great features and benefits, but there's also de- some detriments to the legislation that is out there, too, that could impact some individuals, too. Sure. Um, so, again, until it's finalized, I read it to keep on top of it, but I don't yeah. want to be an expert on it until it's uh, definitive. Yeah, a lot to think about, for sure. Well, I, if I'm a business owner, you know, this— I want to know enough to be dangerous, but this this scares me. This is why I'd pick up the phone and call call you guys and say, please come out and help me because, you know, this is way beyond my my uh, sweet spot, so to speak. Yeah, we've definitely had to unwind some issues where owners have just went the easy route or the route where they didn't know. Or they had a friend Enough. that, you know, hey, I got an investment guy. He said he could do this. Mm-hmm. Kind and we realized that they're paying a lot more than they really ought to be for something. Or they're not in compliance yeah. with things that they should be in compliance with. Yeah. So. Well, that's great stuff. Well, uh, Steve and Angie, thank you very much. I mean, we could go on for a number of episodes here and, and really get into the details. But uh, from a high level, that's that's fantastic stuff. So. If you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. And while you're there, leave us a review. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.